0: Bloomberg Radio. From Largo to Seminole, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning,
1: and a good Tuesday morning to you, Jack Harris, Katie Bacino, and James Berlander, all on board here this morning. And our number, of course, 800-969-9352. If you want to get on board here, or you can text us at 82945. And we would like to hear from you. So give us a call. Well, the Rays are off until this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. They'll be in Kansas City. But in the meantime, we've got the uh, All-Star game coming up tonight. And that'll be at 8 o'clock in Los Angeles. And the starting pitcher is a tampa bay Rays player in fact he's the only one in the all-stars but shane mcclanahan is going to be the starter for the uh, american league this evening he's got a 1.71 era which is pretty good 147 strikeouts and 19 walks over 110 and two-thirds innings in 2022 and it's his second year in baseball uh, he's allowed two earned runs or fewer in each of his last 13 starts. And uh, 129 ERA in that span. So he's having quite a year. But the game is 8 o'clock tonight at Dodger Stadium. And again, McClanahan is the only raised player on the American League squad. So if you watch it, you'll want to watch that and see how that goes. In the meantime, other things happening here. This I found fascinating, and it it has all sorts of implications. But you know all about the fight to determine at what point a fetus becomes a person. And most conservatives think that life starts as soon as there's a heartbeat. And liberals argue that it's not a person until it's out of the womb, breathing on its own. And which is why they're not bothered by aborting it even in the late term. And now Texas might be forced to put its money where its mouth is with the Texas heartbeat ban in effect. They're saying that babies have rights and they can't simply be aborted once a heartbeat has been detected. And here's what's interesting. If unborn babies have rights, the mothers of those babies can utilize those rights. And this is what a woman did. Brandy Batone of Plano, Texas, decided to use the HOV lane. And she knew she was in the HOV lane and knew that it required a passenger to be in that lane. You can't have just a single individual. In the uh, HOV lane and she was pulled over for being alone in the car and the office who pulled her over the officer was looking inside and said "Uh, it's just you and Batone said there were two of them which is when the officer wanted to know where the other person was she said right here and pointed to her belly and she's 34 weeks pregnant and Batone's argument is a simple one. If the state recognizes that a fetus is a baby, she should have the right to drive in the HOV lane. And in an interview, she admitted that she didn't want to get political, but because of all that's going on right now, the baby bump counts as a baby. And, well, the uh, it's interesting. The requirement is another individual be in the car, uh, and the officers who ticketed Baton told her that if she fought the ticket in court, it would likely be dismissed. And she's going to do that. And because the ticket is approximately 200 bucks. But think about that. Pregnant women can ride in an HOV lane. They are a pair, a couple <laughs> now. It's 5.10, and time to check in on traffic now with John Thomas. Your podcasts. Quick Quick Takes.
0: takes. Ripping through the biggest news stories of the day in record time. Providing you all you need to know.
1: This is AM
0: Tampa Bay with Jack Harris.
1: And at 5.14, Chris Trinkman is
2: here from the newsroom. And what's up this morning, Chris? Well, Jack, it was the Gators that did it. The Sheriff's Office in Sarasota County said that the medical examiner has determined two gators killed 80-year-old Rosemarie Wiegand after she fell into a pond. This happened in Englewood. She was found dead Friday night, and two gators were later removed from the pond. One was almost nine feet long. Meanwhile, an investigation continues, but based on what witnesses said and the medical examiner, the gators were the ones who killed her. Man, that's scary. I mean, can you imagine
1: being attacked by a gator? Yeah, how about two gators? Yeah, or two, even worse. And, I mean, you haven't got much of a chance to get away. And, of course, we've got a lot of alligators in the state of Florida. Yeah. And you want to watch where you swim and when you swim and things like that
2: if there's any possibility that there could be gators around. but uh, Yeah, apparently she was struggling when she fell into the pond. She was probably uh, splashing around and for whatever reason, the gators decided that she was a target and you know a lot of times we hear stories that the gators go after smaller targets like uh, dogs yeah or you know definitely dogs. You know, there have been some small children of course who've been attacked, but uh, you know this is an adult, but for whatever reason they decided that she was uh, someone that uh, they could go after. you know people are a lot bigger than what ga- gators usually eat. But yep. in this case, she was vulnerable, and unfortunately it cost her her life.
1: Yeah, that's very
2: tragic. And
1: Between that and now and the sharks, we've got to worry about sharks offshore. And Yeah. I just saw a few minutes of Jaws again yesterday. And boy, Jaws. Yeah, that was one scary movie. You know? Yeah, you
2: got to look out for Jaws because he's coming.
1: Yeah. <laughs> now, Jaws is around. I'm thinking Florida is going to have to change its nickname from the Gators something else because uh, yeah. they're too
2: dangerous now. i think i think they took care of jaws though in that first one didn't they oh yeah they finally got him. they blew them up yeah i think uh you know scuba tanks or something yeah they put so, the yeah. involved the tank in there and then the guy shot yeah. the tank boom yeah but you know what the the shark got quenched, so that was that was too bad yeah but uh yeah it's well, true you do know, know that movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's been on a few times yeah So a new suicide hotline number may already be saving lives. The 988 number was launched on Saturday. The Crisis Center of Tampa Bay says they got three times as many calls that day as they normally do. Now, there were no excessive wait times, and the president and CEO, Clara Reynolds, says she's hoping to hire more people to answer the phones. The goal is to make sure that no one is ever on hold, and there's a place for people to call if they're ever in that situation. Yeah, that's... um
1: uh, I tend to think that's a pretty good idea, having a suicide hotline. I mean, you got 911 for other emergencies or, you know, somebody injured or whatever the case may be, but this is a good one for people who are suicidal. Of course, the problem is to getting suicidal people to call.
2: Yeah, but at least you're giving them an option. Yeah. You know, I would, I would think that calling 911 might be an intimidating thing because, you know, then you're calling the police and the officers come out or whatever this i think is more for uh, people to have someone to talk to that might be able to talk them down yeah and you're not you know getting law enforcement involved at that point so um hopefully that will help you know the people who are stressing out and and struggling here in the bay area very true so americans confidence in the news media is at its lowest point ever I'm sure you're shocked about this one, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> a Gallup poll shows 16% of adults say they have a lot or a great deal of confidence in newspapers, and only 11% have that view of TV news. They didn't mention radio, so we're off the hook. Yeah, we're The, po- <laughs> the poll <laughs> measured 16 institutions with TV news ranking close to the bottom, followed only by Congress. So, is <laughs> a sad. That's a sad state of affairs. You know,
1: that's amazing that we put people in charge of our country that we have no confidence in. No, at all.
2: I mean, <laughs> the basically, we are hiring idiots to run the country. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty poor, Jack. But it is interesting. I think though, uh, if you break the poll down, you might see some differences in people's confidence in TV based on uh, local and national. So, if you're looking at cable news. Uh, I have a feeling the the confidence is a lot lower than the folks on the local news. Yeah, I think you know?
1: people trust local news because they're getting things that
2: we know about. And
1: yeah. Yeah, and those don't people get live as here.
2: involved in politics and things like that. Yeah, exactly. I mean folks po- folks here watching local news, you know, those people live in the community, they're out there and they're covering stories that people can relate to. Cable news on the other hand is, you know, covering stuff at the national level and they're covering those really popular folks in congress yeah. so you can imagine <laughs> yes, I think they, get a, they get all lumped together uh... i saw the polls on congress the supreme court and the president the president actually has the highest ratings out of those three branches. That's amazing given and, who the president yeah, is yeah you've seen the president's poll numbers i mean he's like forty percent or below yeah and then the supreme court's in second and then congress at the very bottom with you know they're in the teens somewhere and, getting, yeah. and probably getting worse all the time. Yeah, so it,
1: it, uh, I think the problem is that, generally speaking, the media leans so far left, and they ignore stories. I mean, we've talked about it before, that some stories that ought to be heavily covered because of uh, its impact on the American people, and yet it's ignored. If
2: it involves anything shameful for the left yeah that could be a possible reason for that yeah and politics so divisive and people are generally turned off by politics you know in general anyway especially negative politics and you know if that's what they're going to show on the on the cable that's probably why they're they're not popular especially if they're taking positions they don't like so how about this new rule for the all-star game jack if there's a tie after nine innings they'll have a home run derby to solve the game ah does that sound like a good way to do it I like it. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can't really go extra innings when you're doing the All-Star game, obviously. Yeah. And, you know, maybe that would be a a fun way to to settle it. I know they got rid of that thing where the All-Star game decided who had home field in the World Series. That that was kind of controversial. because Yeah,
1: that's a good idea to get rid of that.
2: Yeah, because then you're taking away the importance of the regular season record. But this may be just a way for uh, people to have a fun way to sort of wrap it up and wrap it up in a reasonable amount of time. We'll see how fans react if it gets to that point. Obviously, it may not matter if if the game isn't tied. But if it is, uh, I'm curious to see if... uh, if that's a a cool way to do it and whether they'll keep it moving forward
1: yeah we got uh and coming up they're talking about doing what they've done in some of the minor leagues and that is robot umpires are actually robots calling balls and strikes hmm, and robot umpires huh? yeah i mean they would be perfection because yeah. they could know exactly where the ball went and where exactly the strike zone is where with uh human umpires they have to in their mind think
2: of where the strike zone is and so then it would be a question of which team has the better hackers yes (laughs) (laughs) you could get the right strike zone for your team well well, if you can't get in an argument with the umpire no and get thrown out of the game (laughs) the other thing i would worry about is uh when they they start having robot pitchers because (laughs) Because then it's gonna be pretty tough. We're moving in that direction. Yeah, I mean why have real players when you can just have robots? Well,
1: Chris will have more
2: coming up here in
1: about seven minutes at the bottom of the hour. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> Thanks, Jack. It's 523, time to check in with John Thomas and our traffic.
0: On air and online at WFLA This is
1: AM Tampa Bay
0: with Jack Harris on News Radio, WFLA.
1: Coming up on 527 on AM Tampa Bay, the Mega Million jackpot is going to be drawn tonight at 11 o'clock. It stands at $530 million. and of course you can choose a cash option of $304.7 million. And after taxes, that would be $228 million dollars. That's not bad. And, uh, that would, if a winner is declared tonight, it would be the eighth largest jackpot on record. The record mega millions jackpot is over one and a half billion, a little over one and a half billion. That was one in South Carolina back in 2018. And the last one was on April 15th in Tennessee. That was a mere 20 million. And it's been growing since then.
3: Now, which uh, which option would you or Katie do? Would you guys do the the cash option? Oh yeah, or do the payouts
1: definitely because you can draw interest on that. Gotcha. Okay, and uh, I mean that works out beautifully. If you got a hundred million, you got what five million to live on.
3: <laughs> right. I just hear that lottery winners spend it all within just a few years.
1: You know, because they're not smart about it. Well, you got to be smart about it. You got to get you a CPA or something. Powerball is a mere $101 million, which is the payout $58.7 million, which, after taxes, would be a measly little $44 million. <laughs> have you all gotten your uh, Mega Million tickets yet?
4: I have not. I am going to get mine today. I'm I don't gonna... normally play, but I'm obviously going to play today.
1: Yeah, I'll try it out today. Yeah, I'm going to do the same. We all got to get our Mega Million passes. It's 529 on AM Tampa Bay. Keeping you up on What's Trending,
0: here's the AM Tampa Bay trendsetter,
1: Katie Bacino. And at 537, what's trending this morning, Katie?
4: Well, Burger King is trying to keep up with the competitors. They're falling behind in the burger wars because that's pretty much what's happening. They had the chicken sandwich wars with all the chicken sandwiches. Now they're doing it with burgers. So Burger King decided to do something a little different, and they added a mystery item to their menu. Oh, boy. So it's actually a frozen drink. They've been seen serving them for the past month, but apparently this new frozen drink is going to take over the frozen Minute Maid strawberry lemonade as of yesterday. So it's a new green color Phantom Mystery flavored and again, it's a frozen drink and the drink is called Frozen What the Fanta and it's a it's just supposed to be a mystery. People they wanted to try something mystery and they said people aren't going to like it if it's a burger because nobody wants like a mystery sauce on their burger they just knew people wouldn't be as comfortable with with a drink knowing that it's fanta they think a lot more people will try it, and it'll reel some new customers in
1: i am not for that i mean you're talking burger king which is where you get hamburgers or cheeseburgers and when it comes to accompanying drinks with that. I like milkshakes or Cokes or soft drinks. Very yeah. simple. Why have they got to get so complex?
4: And they're just trying to keep up with the wars, I guess. They th- they just wanted to be different. Everyone else is making like fun burgers and they were like, you know what, let's give drinks a try. I don't know if this will go well because I'm kind of with you and I think the majority of people, maybe not everyone because I know a lot of people like something different, but the majority of people get a pretty basic drink with their dinner oh, or lunch yeah. or whatever but i i'm sure they'll sell some for sure but i don't know as though it's going to bring them back to the top and the whole burger war thing that's going on
3: here's the thing they're relying on this mystery fan so this this drink is available everywhere even wawa saying oh guess the flavor so how
4: they just made it frozen that's that's uh, their thing oh, okay. on it yeah gotcha, they gotcha, just gotcha gotcha they're selling a frozen version of it huh it's pretty much what Taco Bell does. Like, the, you can put any Mountain Dew drink and make it frozen, and everyone will flock to Taco Bell. But Taco Bell's a little different. I think when you go to Taco Bell, you expect those drinks because they've been known for that for years. That but, but, like Jack said, with Burger King, like a lot of people just get like their Coke or whatever. Exactly. What if eat.
3: this drink ruins my burger?
4: Yeah. You're, you're right. <laughs> burger gotta, Prince. Got to take the burger back. Uh,
1: I like the milkshakes.
4: I'm with you. I love a good milkshake. Uh, I don't drink coffee, but a lot of people are really in love with those coffee cre- creamers, the International Delight yes. ones. And they love, I know Natalie, when she used to be here, loved when Christmas time came around because she could get all the good coffee flavors. Well, they're doing Grinchmas in July and they're releasing a new flavor and bringing back some of the regular ones. So, Frosted Sugar Cookie, Peppermint Mocha, and a new one, Gingerbread Cookie Dough, are now going to be available in July. So, you can get a head start on the holidays these are coffees they're coffee creamers those natalie used to always put them in your little fridge over there like the international delight they look like a pinball almost we have them in here Mm. they're just in little mini i'm gonna throw one
1: at you jack (laughs) (laughs) hey i've got just black coffee (laughs) nothing in it
4: i don't drink any coffee
1: None at all, huh?
4: Nope, I'm not a coffee drinker. Oh,
1: a, I make coffee and Harry
3: Katie hates me for the smell of it.
4: No, I love the smell of coffee. I hate the <laughs> smell of the... What kind of creamer do you use? Uh,
3: right now, I think it's French vanilla.
4: No, that or doesn't... Hazelnut. Sm- hazelnut. Hazelnut. I cannot yet. stand the smell of hazelnut creamer. Sorry.
1: Oh, brother. It's 541 on AM Tampa Bay. Time to check in with John Thomas and traffic.
0: Live on 94.5 FM in Pinellas County, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA.
1: 545 on AM Tampa Bay. um, We got a story here. This happened on Saturday morning. Tampa police arrested a guy after he was caught impersonating a police officer and he was pulling people over Um, officers got a call about a suspicious SUV and this SUV had red and blue lights and it was driven by a man who was acting like a police officer and this was up on New Tampa Boulevard and uh, a police officer a real one found the fake cop John Inglis 26 on Bruce B. Downs as he tried to pull a civilian over and get their license registration and proof of insurance and when he saw the real police officer he gave the driver back his documents and walked back to his SUV and the officer then took him into custody but further investigation found Inglis had been a suspect in a separate incident investigated by the florida highway patrol that same morning he had taken someone's gun and bullets after pulling them over on i-75 wow and a gun matching the stolen weapons description was later found when police searched the vehicle and this guy uh was issued an active risk protection order and uh, but this is what's interesting. They're saying here now the department gave the following tips. If you think a fake police officer is trying to pull you over, first of all, look for a safe place to pull over. You should always do that. Signal your intent and slow down. Activate your hazard lights. Now, here's the part I've never heard before, but call 911 to confirm it's an officer and be sure to provide the call taker with your location and vehicle description and license plate and keep your doors locked while the dispatcher checks this is I mean the officer comes up and you keep the doors locked and windows rolled up and everything and then ask the officer for their name and badge number and confirm the information with 911 that makes sense. It would only take a
3: couple a uh, couple minutes for the dispatch to uh, radio out to the cops, like, "Hey, do you have this person pulled over?"
1: Yeah, that's going to take a lot longer, though, for cops to give you a ticket. Have well, to wait out there while you call nine one one, and yeah, I, I mean, I, I just can't imagine. Okay, officer, what's your badge number?
3: Yeah, but if you think about it, would you rather be safe, or would you rather just you know walk into a situation that you want to don't want to be in?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I can see somehow, uh, I mean, but it would seem that if an officer had a proper ID and everything, right. he could just show you that ID, and that would pretty well do the trick. Now, you might know a lot
3: of cops, Jack, but not a lot of people are friends with cops, so they don't know what proper ID actually looks like. There's a lot of uh, you know, fraudulent things that you could buy on eBay, even.
1: Well, that's true. That's true. People aren't aware, but maybe they can publish something to show what they look like. And then, of course, the bad guys can duplicate them.
3: Now, I'm always curious about the motive of these guys, you know, the, the fake cops. Why do you think they do it? Do you think it's because it's a power thing? Or do you think they get just so frustrated with all the horrible drivers on the road that they would just want to take matters into their own hands?
1: Now that I would like to do.
4: <laughs> oh, I've thought about that before. Yeah. Like someone cuts me off. I'm like, I wish I had fake lights in my yeah. car. I've thought about it. I just want to mess with them. I know it's illegal and I've never done that. I just want to be very clear <laughs> sure. about
5: it. Yeah. could you
4: imagine me getting out of the car how unintimidating <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey look at this pretty little girl coming up here
4: like, yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna dip out i'm gonna leave hot cup
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah i don't think that would do the trick hey it's five forty-nine. time to check in on well how cars are rolling out there now with john thomas
0: the latest headlines, weather, and traffic every weekday morning. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA.
1: It's 5:53 on AM Tampa Bay, and we're joined now by Rory O'Neill, our NBC News Radio reporter, and this report is brought to you by the Oncology Institute and rory we've got temperatures skyrocketing around the world in our southwest particularly and of course in other countries too and um yeah i guess this is having quite an impact
6: yeah you know look our southwest is sort of used to it i was seeing you know though some temperatures topping 100 degrees uh in parts of nebraska and kansas uh yesterday Today, in the U.K., they could have their highest recorded temperature ever. Uh, you know, Ireland had a high temperature yesterday that broke a record 135 years old. Now, just to put that in perspective, that record was 91 degrees. But it's Ireland. They're not used to that. <laughs> yeah, and the buildings imagine. aren't built for that, and neither are the people. So it's uh, that's really a struggle. And, you know, this heat is dangerous when you don't have homes that all have air conditioning uh, uh, readily available to them. I think they've had about 1,000 people across Spain and Portugal have died because of the heat. They've got raging wildfires, especially in France and in Greece. So, uh, yeah, this uh, heat situation is pretty dangerous over there. Expect it expected to last one more day.
1: Yeah, and, uh, of course, they don't have the kind of humidity we have down here. That's the one good thing down here, although we have been getting near-record heat Um. The humidity in the wintertime isn't as bad as it is now in the summertime.
6: Right. And normally, you know, we do get those afternoon thunderstorms to sort of break the heat and double up the humidity. But at least they sort of yeah. uh, put the brakes on the on it getting too much hotter. We don't get over 100 degrees very often in, in central mm-hmm. Florida. Uh, that's why it's so rare over there to see this, and you know people are flocking to malls and movie theaters. Uh, there are there are, and the beaches, of course, are packed. They've even had to shut down the main rail line in uh, the eastern part of the UK because the rails are too hot and the trains cannot uh, travel on. That's, oh, really? Actually, a military air yeah a military runway had to be shut down because planes were melting into the runway.
1: Wow, that is incredible yeah. heat. But I guess it's leading to a lot of wildfires and things like that.
6: Yeah, we've got about 30,000 people had to be evacuated uh, from uh, parts of France because of these fires. Uh, Spain also dealing with their own wildfires as well. And, you know, all this happening, of course, at the time of peak summer travel. So it's been a, uh, it's been a rough few days for them over there. So uh, lots of people lining up for gelato. And try to find a a nice cool fountain, maybe where they could at least beat the heat for an hour or two. I
1: was just, uh, we got a list out of the sweatiest, the 10 sweatiest cities in America. And four of the top 10 are in Florida. Uh, Orlando is number one on the list. Tallahassee is number five. Cape Coral is number eight. And Jacksonville is number 10. Huh? So, Tampa
6: Bay avoided it, huh?
1: Well, we're not in the top ten. I was hoping it would be a whole list. It would go all the way through the um, you know fifty or something like right. that. But they only had ten on the list.
4: Well, see,
6: it's the, see, if the list of the sweatiest, so that means everyone over there is using antiperspirant. So I guess that's
1: a good thing. <laughs> I guess so. Well, anyway, uh, this report brought to you by the Oncology Institute, a new kind of cancer care provider focused on clinical outcome and patient satisfaction and designing a treatment plan that's right for you. Six locations in the Bay Area. Make an appointment at the theoncologyinstitute.com. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow, Roy. Thanks, Jack. Thank you. It's 5.57 on AM Tampa Bay. From Palm
0: Harbor to Valrico, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning.
1: And at 6.06, welcome to AM Tampa Bay. An antidote to Acidia here with Jack Harris, Katie Buccino, and James Berlander and our number 800-969-9352. We're going to have to uh, try to spark city council to do something uh, in city of Tampa city council about doing something about Webb's way that kind of died on the vine here and I know there is no opposition to not doing it and yet we can't seem to get it done and the other thing is our walk of fame which uh, just Seems that that's kind of died on the vine too. We got a lot of great people that went on to national fame that should be honored on a walk of fame here. There's several of them around the country, and that's something we ought to have. We will
3: stay on it, Jack, and we got to start going to
1: committees. You and I. Yeah, it's. uh, I don't know why they just let it drop there. That and Webb's way. Did you know around uh, Hillsborough Avenue,
3: there's actually a web road. So maybe they could rededicate that to
1: him. Well, I wasn't aware of that. I
4: I think it all died out because of COVID and people can no longer meet in committees and stuff. People weren't meeting in person, so I think that's kind of
1: Yeah, We'll need to get it cranked up again. That and also the uh, state bird thing, which that, of course, is the Florida State Legislature and i think travis horn is working trying to get a a legislative committee or a legislator up there to do something about that i know they've tried to get us to come up there for a committee meeting but that's pretty hard to run up to tallahassee for a committee meeting
4: i went once to go with travis horn up to tallahassee we flew up there to give him all the paperwork about the state bird but then i think jeff Brandis kind of took over that project so seems like it's more his project than ours now
1: yeah we got to get him cranked up then with anything in
3: politics jack and and all that it just takes time yeah that
1: is true yeah i don't have that long (laughs) getting a little elderly here (laughs) i need to uh get her done i'm thinking about um maybe we can do it tomorrow on twitter but see what people would like to see as the state bird what they think it ought to be the pelican the ibis the flamingo the whatever i mean we got a lot of great state birds but maybe tomorrow we can do a uh, kind of a twitter poll or just have people uh, well text text would be better have people text us as to what bird they would like to see as the state bird Cause we're getting rid of the northern mockingbird. Thank goodness. But we'll, um, we'll check that out. We'll give it a shot. Hey, we didn't get our jokes in here. More birthdays. Um, well, we can do the jokes in the next segment.
4: You have a very special birthday today.
1: Yeah, sure do. Well, first of all, birthdays include Jim Harper and the musician Donnie Brown. And James Harrell, who was in the NFL and is now coaching, um, Jan Baskin, and then Jackson Harris. Hey, having, you know
4: him. <laughs> who is that?
1: I, I know him well. <laughs> Jackson Harris suffering a birthday today up in Washington, D.C. Very nice. Happy birthday, Jackson. <laughs> and do you all have any birthdays?
4: i do i have my good friend chloe up north who i miss very much and of course i have jackson as well and alicia norris
3: and for me i've got stacy meyer alicia field and john fraga and also uh and that's it we had, had a lot of
1: birthdays it. today well happy birthday to all jim donnie james jan and jackson and whoever you all said as well it's six ten and time to check in with John Thomas in traffic.
0: Jack, Katie, and James every weekday morning.
1: This is AM Tampa
0: Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And it's
1: six fifteen on AM Tampa Bay. Uh, we do have our uh, jokes here today. First of all, Katie, a letter rip here.
4: What do you call a famous turtle?
1: Let me see. A famous turtle. Wait a minute. Uh, shell, tortoise.
4: A celebrity. Celebrity. <laughs> you were right. You said shell. You just didn't think of it.
1: <laughs> and what about you, James? For me,
3: I've got a. It's not too long. Two guys are walking through a game park and they come across a lion that has not eaten for days. So the lion starts chasing the two men and they run as fast as they can. <laughs> The one guy starts getting tired and decides to say a prayer. God, please turn this lion into a Christian, Lord. And he looks to see if the lion is still chasing them, and he sees the lion that's on his knees. Happy to see his prayer was answered, he turns around and heads back towards the lion. As he comes closer and closer to the lion, he hears uh, the lion saying a prayer. And the prayer is, thank you, Lord, for the food I am about to receive.
1: <laughs> oh... Here's a bunch of them. I've forgotten who sent them to me here, but these are historical puns. They say a Roman walks into a bar and he holds up two fingers and says, Five beers, please." And you've got to, you've got to think of the him holding up his two fingers, his first and second fingers, like a V. Ah. which is v is five in roman numerals that makes sense uh let's see in my many years these are supposedly historical puns here this one was attributed to john adams well he this came from the broadway musical 1776 uh but in my many years, I've come to the conclusion that one useless man is a shame, two is a law firm, and three or more is a Congress. Hmm.
0: That is so lame.
1: Why did George Washington have trouble sleeping? Because he couldn't lie. Uh. Now I know you'll get this one. If April showers bring Mayflowers, then what do Mayflowers bring?
4: I don't know. You gotta
1: get this one. Bees. <laughs> no, pilgrims.
4: Oh. No. The, oh the Mayflower. Ah. Was... Uh. Ah,
1: uh, let's see. A Frenchman walks into a well, walks into a library and asks for a book on warfare, and the librarian replies, You'll only lose it because France supposedly lost so many wars. And let me see, Mark Twain is credited with this one, but denial ain't just a river in Egypt. Hmm. But this is the best one of them. Um, Why were the early days of history called the Dark Ages? Hmm. Because there were so many knights oh k-n-i-g-h-t-s why was
4: the best one
1: which one did you like best
4: i don't know (laughs) i
1: like that the Uh, v joke the five beers oh the V joke for the five beers
3: hey jack why does humpty dumpty love autumn
1: uh because he has a great fall
4: exactly there you go (laughs) why did the dinosaur cross the road
1: Let's see, to get to the other side. Because
4: the chicken wasn't born yet.
1: <laughs> Why can you not
3: trust an atom?
1: An atom because it has, let's say, liar uh, Something
4: about matter, I don't know.
3: Because they make up everything.
4: Uh, good science <laughs> <Yeah>. joke.
1: <laughs> Where are you all getting all these jokes?
4: The internet.
1: Oh, okay, you got more than I have, I think. Oh, Lord. But anyway, let me mention this from um, Paul Kitzinger, and it's so true. Air Force One, this was last week, traveling 7,000 miles to Saudi Arabia to beg for oil. And he said, I'm thinking Air Force One would leave a smaller carbon footprint if it traveled to Texas and Oklahoma and begged Americans for oil. And that is really true. We've got all of these resources, and we're selling them to China and not using them ourselves. We're using imported oil. We are dopes for sure, but that's from Paul Kitching, our other listener. It's 6.20 on AM Tampa Bay. Time to check in with John Thomas and traffic.
0: Live on 99.1 FM in Pasco County. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA,
1: and it's six twenty four, and we're joined right now by Aaron Rayal, our NBC News Radio reporter. And um, Aaron, we've got a new report out now that says air travel is officially broken, and uh, officially, I, yeah, <laughs> I had. Thought that we were starting to get back to a little normality as far as air travel is concerned.
5: Well, that's that's an interesting way of putting it and actually correct because the numbers of people traveling is getting closer to normal despite the extremely high prices. But cutbacks made in twenty twenty that were meant to kind of scale back the size of the industry are really having an impact because it's proving very difficult to staff back up to get the baggage handlers and the pilots. And when something goes wrong it ripples through the entire flight system. So you see cancellations, long lines, lost luggage. And in good times, aviation, it really unfolds like a very well choreographed global ballet. And that's not what we're seeing right now because there's enough redundancy normally built into the system to limit the disruptions if anything goes wrong. But we're not seeing that right now. So if plan A doesn't work out, then plan B and C definitely don't matter.
1: Yeah, I have heard from a lot of uh, travelers that there have been an awful lot of airplane delays and even cancellations, and this is being attributed to the fact that they don't have enough personnel to do the job now
5: right exactly so there's a couple reasons why that is so basically what's happening is that they found that they couldn't staff back up quickly enough after they shrunk in 2020 the industry but the industry also requires both background checks and a lot of training for new workers which is a good thing because you really want to have your pilots know what they're doing and aviation industry does not skimp on safety so that's a massive uh you know sticking point these long training periods for new hires so if you hire someone today they're They aren't going to be employed, working at their job, employed full-time for a couple months from now. There's also too few ground handlers to load and unload luggage. That's imperative and really makes things fly smoothly. And then there's a lot of absences from COVID-19. People get COVID and they stay home, which means that there's less people to work. And then the shortages of air traffic controllers. This one is crucial. You need those traffic controllers to help with safety for flying and also just to get planes off the ground and on the ground.
1: Yeah, because, uh, well, that's crucial. The air traffic controllers and, uh, they are very skilled people to say the least. Obviously pilots are as well, but you got a lot of not necessarily skilled people that are needed just, uh, for the airlines running everything from people serving drinks and everything to, uh, waving the planes on in and stuff like that.
5: Right. All the jobs are important, all of them. And and really, when you look at where are those jobs, so after reversing course, basically large U.S. airlines, they've hired more pilots since January 1st than at any other full year. And this is according to FAPA, that's a pilot advisory firm. So they're really working to get staff back up, but they need the training. Actually, at Delta right now, about 1,600 pilots more than 10% of the total were in training over the course of just last month. So they're working on it. They, this isn't going away tomorrow, but maybe in the new year we're going to begin to see some alleviation. But also um, Swissport International, that's an aviation service and baggage handler, that's currently trying to fill 1,700 jobs. And they're offering sign-on bonuses of up to $5,000 at some UX, oh, wow. U.S. airport. So there are jobs out there.
1: Well, there certainly are. Well... Aaron, thanks for joining us here this morning. Aaron Real, our NBC News Radio Reporter, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Jack. Bye. It's six twenty eight on AM Tampa Bay. Let's hear about the
0: dopiest dope of all the dopes of the day. A.M. Tampa Bay with Jack Harris.
1: And at 637, who is our dope of the day, Katie?
4: Well, his name is Joshua Larson, and he is a Florida man. He's 37 years old and got arrested. <laughs> he called 911 the other night while heavily intoxicated to report that his girlfriend wished to eat his Sour Patch Kids. Um, they ar- <laughs> deputies arrived at his home not because they were stressed about the Sour Patch Kids but because Larson was not using 911 properly um, they arrived at his home, tried to arrest him and they had to use a quote electronic control weapon to take him into custody but he got in a little bit of trouble you cannot call 911 to report that your girlfriend wants to eat your Sour Patch Kids you can't do it <laughs> So he got charged with misuse of the 911 system and obstruction.
3: Now if she throws the Tower Patch Kids at you, then you could call 911.
4: You know that's actually true. Once it becomes a weapon, that's a whole other thing she could have got. She could have been the one in the back of the police car, but nope. He just wanted to call and say, my girlfriend's trying to eat them.
1: What did... what are Sour Patch Kids? I mean, what are they like? I'm not familiar with them.
4: They're little like sh- gummies coated in like this soury sugar. So, the whole thing with Sour Patch Kids is they're sour then they're sweet. So, it has like this sour crystally stuff on the outside and then you get to the gummy part and it's super sweet. So, it's a it's a best of both worlds treat if you like sour and sweet.
1: I mean, is it like a rock or something if you no, throw it's like it at a, somebody?
4: No, it's like a gummy candy. But we talk about all the time here on AM Tampa Bay how anything can be a weapon now. So I think James was just saying yeah. if she would have thrown it, it could have been a weapon. I mean, it would we be t- assault. Yeah, a hard-boiled egg is a weapon at this point. If you throw a, an egg at someone, it can be a weapon. I
3: could throw a feather at you, Jack, and you could claim it was assault.
4: Yeah, <laughs> Crazy, but it's true.
1: Well, better if you're going to throw an egg, just throw a raw one. And then, phew, oh. You got stuff all over you. Right. <laughs> well, there you go with our dope of the day. By the way, we've got AAA Florida gas prices now on current average, uh, four twenty one and a half, and this is as of yesterday, and that was down one and a half cents from the day before, down fourteen and a half cents from the from a week ago. It's down sixty two cents from a month ago and unfortunately it's up a dollar twenty five from a year ago. A year ago gas was only two ninety six um, and as far as the highest recorded price ever, that happened on june thirteenth and uh it's sixty nine cents less than it was then on june nineteenth. So it is going down, but it's got a long way to go to get down to what it was a year ago, and even two or three years ago it was even lower than that. And let's hope that let's hope that happens. We got our today in history coming up here in just a moment. It's six forty in time to check in with John Thomas and Traffic. Now, taking a look back at this day in history
0: on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris.
1: And this day in history is presented by Fitzgerald Auto Mall. In 1701, representatives of the Iroquois Confederacy signed the Nanfan Treaty, ceding a large territory north of the Ohio River to England. 1817, unsuccessful in the attempt to conquer the Kingdom of Hawaii for the Russian-American company, george anton Schaeffer is forced to admit defeat and leave Kauai. 1843 brunell steamship the ess great britain is launched becoming the first ocean-going craft with an iron hull and screw propeller and it was the largest vessel afloat in the world 1845 the great new york city fire of 1845. The last great fire to affect Manhattan begins early in the morning and is subdued that afternoon but it kills four firefighters and 26 civilians and destroys 345 buildings. 1848, Women's Rights, a two-day Women's Rights convention opens in Seneca Falls, New York. 1863, the American Civil War, Morgan's Raid at Buffington Island in Ohio, Confederate General John Hunt Morgan's raid into the North is mostly thwarted when a large group of his men are captured while trying to escape across the Ohio River. 1903, Maurice Garin wins the first Tour de France. It's the bicycle race. 1940, Field Marshal Ceremony, first occasion in World War II that Adolf Hitler appointed field marshals due to military achievements. 1943, World War II, Rome is heavily bombed by more than 500 Allied aircraft, inflicting thousands of casualties. 1952, the opening of the Summer Olympics in Helsinki, Finland. 1963, Joe Walker Flies a North American X 15 to a record altitude of 347,800 feet on X 15 uh, Flight 90, exceeding an altitude of 100 kilometers. And this qualifies as a human space flight under international convention. In 1964, The Vietnam War at a rally in Saigon, South Vietnamese Premier Nguyen Khan calls for expanding the war into North Vietnam. 1967 Piedmont Airlines Flight 22, a Boeing 727, and a twin-engine Cessna 310 collided on July 19th over Hendersonville, North Carolina. Both aircraft were destroyed, and all passengers and crew were killed, including John T. McNaughton, who was an advisor to Robert McNamara, a politician. 1969, the famous Chappaquiddick incident. Senator Ted Kennedy crashes his car into a tidal pond at Chappaquiddick Island. This is in Massachusetts, and it killed his passenger, Mary Joe kopechny and probably thwarted Ted Kennedy's efforts to become president. Nineteen seventy seven, the world's first global positioning system, a GPS signal, was transmitted from navigation technology satellite and received at Rockwell Collins in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. That happened at twelve forty one AM Eastern Time, so the First use of a GPS. In 1980, the opening of the Summer Olympics in Moscow. 1981, in a private meeting with US President Ronald Reagan, French President Francois Mitterrand revealed the existence of the Farewell Dossier, a collection of documents showing the Soviet Union had been stealing American Technological Research and Development. In 1989, United Airlines Flight 232 crashes in Sioux City, Iowa, killing 111. And finally, in 1974, the North American Soccer League, the NASL, awarded a Tampa franchise to George Strawbridge. Those were the Tampa Bay Rowdies, and those were the good old days. That team outdrew the Buccaneers at their games, and I got to become the voice of the Rowdies a year later or two years later, I think it was. But This Day in History presented by Fitzgerald Auto Mall. At Fitzgerald, it all begins with a low price in writing posted on the window of every car. Transparency and trust. That's the Fitz way. It's six forty nine on AM Tampa Bay. Time to check in with John Thomas and traffic live on the free iHeart Radio
0: app. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA.
1: It's six fifty four on AM Tampa Bay, and um, if you want to, well, we're running out of time. Tomorrow, we do want you to um, text us on. What bird do you think would be the best state bird? Uh, which seabird? Or any other bird, for that matter, I guess. I want you to check out our blog here, though, because, uh, well, first of all, this is pretty interesting. I mean, I like this. Fans told there wouldn't be a national anthem at a softball game, and fans were not happy about that. And you'll see what they did. Also, uh, a child surfing at a Florida beach has an incredible encounter with a manatee. I guess she comes out of it okay, doesn't she, Katie? Yes. Oh, good. And a massive water spout seen along Bayshore Boulevard. Although I live along there, I didn't see it. Oh, I got to check this out. 82nd Airborne singing My Girl while waiting to jump from uh, Huey helicopters i never jumped out of one i flew in them a lot over in vietnam i rode on the rail outside a couple of times because they were full but uh, also a bull snake hitches a ride on a woman's windshield how do they do that
4: have to watch it and find out
1: i guess i'll check it out for sure by the way don't forget you got to watch the all-star game tonight because the Rays' Shane McClanahan, is, he's the only one in it from the Rays, but he is the starting pitcher in tonight's game, which is pretty neat. And we're going to have to talk about this tomorrow, but Washington, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser was on Face the Nation this past weekend to talk about the persistent homelessness problem plaguing our city, and the host suggested homeless shelters are now being filled with illegal immigrants um fussed in from arizona and texas and she said it's a significant issue and called on the government to get more involved because she fears illegal immigrants are being tricked into traveling to her city and that's not the case uh texas governor greg abbott has sent multiple buses of illegal immigrants to Washington to manage the growing numbers pouring in across the border and his order to bus migrants to D.C. came after multiple border communities that complained about an influx of illegals coming in and uh, Ben and Brennan questioned whether local and national taxpayers would be forced to pick up the tab for them and Bowser said that wasn't true, but over 200,000 border crossings have taken place, and they included terrorist sightings as well as over 15,000 unaccompanied children. And if a terrorist wants to come in this country, all he has to do, I'll say it again, we need to protect our country with our military. We need to send about two or three divisions of the military there to do what the military was pledged to do, and that is protect the United States of America. But nobody seems to hear that. Well, we'll see you tomorrow morning at 5 on AM Tampa Bay. Live it up.